0: Hello, friends, and welcome once again to a very happy Monday on this Ipswich Town Kings of Anglia podcast. Once again, friends, and this is getting ridiculous now. Town won again at the weekend. A 4-3 thriller against Blackburn Rovers. I'm Mark Heath. Uh joining me today, are my two best friends. Rossi is in the kind of green room. I'm not sure if he's going to make an appearance. He's got another interview lined up, but Rossi likes to be all over everything. So he may or may not appear. But my two best friends today, the Dr. Stuart Watson, and of course the young pup. AJ. And it's also historic today, boys, because this, friends, is KOA 400, the 400th numbered show that we've done. Obviously, we've done plenty of other ones. Um, Rossi did plenty of Rossi meets. We've obviously got fan socials, Tractor Girls talks, all those other bits and bats. We've done specials along the way. But this is the numbered show, the flagship show, number 400. I'm going to start with you, Stewie, because you, friend, have been here since KOA 1.
1: How are you, granddad? I'm good. Four hundred—that's <laughs> quite a number, isn't does it? That, does that include the original days of Sleeping Giants? No, before no, it got re-branded?
0: absolutely not. No, okay. This is—it's is, just KOA numbered shows, the pay-per-view main events. Um, and I bet when you recorded KOA one, all those dim and distant years ago, with uh, you and Hutchie sitting in uh, what used to be our kind of meeting room with an iPhone in front of you on a Sunday, I bet you, I bet you're skeptical about getting to four hundred.
1: It may even predate Hutchie, mightn't it? I think Chris Brammer was, was involved it... in No, is it days.
0: no? Is it Itch- uh, town insights then, mate?
1: Okay. Yeah, we, we we chucked a few names around, didn't we, before mm. landing on KOA? Kings yeah. of Anglia. We were a bit we weren't sure on that name, were we, to start with? We were aware it was quite bold given where the clubs in the region were at their respective yeah. times, but it's it's aging like a fine wine now, isn't it? It's looking
0: pretty good now, baby, isn't it? uh aj obviously you're the newest member of the koa posse the koa army how's mm-hmm. things with you
2: yeah pretty good it's, it's a strange milestone to hit this from my perspective since i've only been here for uh, well it, here's a question I, I just came up with while having a look does anyone know which number my first pod was uh so you'd, twins.
0: you'd be koa three three seventy three sixty okay. something Stu,
1: like that. what are we saying yeah, three, 3.80, what have you done? 20, 30, something like that? What, where are you at? 3.82 was my first oh, one. Yeah. So this will be number
2: 18, so Stu, Stu gets the points there. So it's a little <laughs> bit strange to think that like everyone's had like this years of experience of this and I've just kind of come in and been like, yeah, number 18. One of <laughs> those was in um, was in Innsbruck, which I think was my favourite. But yeah, strange to reflect on. It feels like it's less than... 18. I don't know if it does for, for you guys as well. It just feels like it's totally run off. Mm. <laughs> it's all just uh,
1: flown by a little bit, yeah. You've Mark, I've, seamlessly. Been, I've been telling Alex um, yeah. it's not always been like this. I keep <laughs> telling him every t- every time the final whistle goes and the goals are going in. Like, <laughs> it's not always been like this, my friend. Trust no. me.
0: AJ, you, you, you've, you've joined at uh, one of the best times you could possibly have joined because yeah. you you've, you've kind of skipped over all that. Decade of drudgery and misery, and what 8,000 fans on a, on a Tuesday night. I was mm-hmm. looking up before every midweek game what's the lowest attendance they've ever had? Miserable fans wanting to leave early, young fans pleading not to be taken to the game. Uh, and now we're here with 30,000 sellouts, second in the championship, swashbuckling, mm-hmm. exciting, compelling, absorbing, thrilling wins. Um, and I, I, let's obviously we, we're going to talk about that now. But by way of entering that, Stu, I knew I knew it was all kicking off at Portland Road on Saturday, because by reading your uh, your live blog, one of the the KA army brought to my attention, Robert Enderby brought to my attention um your your entrance at half time, which I just want you to read now, if you don't mind, friend. Um I'm just gonna bring it up for those also watching.
1: Well, it's it's corrected just, now, I believe. Just read me the final part there, Stu. Yeah, Ipswich playing some liquid football. Broadheads shit the post. <laughs> Go on, have a good little chuckle, everybody.
0: Thanks for indulging me. You know you know, it's all kicking off when, when someone shit a post. Um, but I and I are
1: the... very, very close on the keyboard, okay? A lot going on. That's We've why. all been there, mate. Honestly, He the knew amount, immediately.
2: The amount like, he, of got, times. he got to the break and he, he said, oh, I need to change that. And immediately, I think it dawned on me he went, Someone screen grabbed that I know <laughs> and as soon as he went to check the replies it was the first thing that came up and he knew it was exactly what was going to happen
0: mate the amount of times I've written that instead of shot when you t- when you type in at speed mm. uh, or yeah it just rolls it just rolls on unfortunately obviously you, you are working at speed and it's there for everyone to see live mm. but thanks for playing along and indulging me Watson I appreciate that um shall we start talking about the game then it's which town 4, Blackburn three, mental, crazy, incredible. Seven wins out of eight, second in the championship. Is this real life, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera. That theme continues. AJ, you kick us off with your thoughts. We've got we've got some words from McKenna we're gonna hear, but I want to hear from mm-hmm. you two first. Um, what did you make of it all? You needed a stiff drink, um, I think you tweeted afterwards. That
2: was quite a game. It was very different to the Leeds one, weirdly, because I felt like the weird the Leeds one was a game where it came in bursts. They scored three times in space for a few minutes. This was seven goals spread out very evenly, pretty much, across the full 90. And I think there was a bit where we got midway through the second half and I was frantically going at it, trying to do a few tweets, do the report, get the photos in, do the player ratings. And Stu turns to me and goes, are you okay? And I'm like, (laughs) no. It was fairly fairly traumatising in a way. It was also probably, from actually viewing the game, one of the best games of football I think I've seen. Mm. Um, because that first half especially was just so good. They were fantastic going forward. Um, When you think that I think Blackburn really scored from the one mistake that Town made in that first half and then it was absolute one-way traffic for the rest of it because I thought really when they equalise, you're thinking, oh, you're in a position where it can be that kind of ding-dong battle, Town score, Blackburn score, and you're going real kind of neck and neck with it. No, this was absolute... Domination in this in this game, in the first half at least, where I think Town ended up with 14 shots to Blackburn's two at the break. They were really peppering it. They they hit post. They had some I think they were kind of cleared off the line almost. It was really one way traffic, and it was the way they were doing it as well. I think one of the best moves I can remember was when they go out to to Luongo, who's made a run, gets onto the edge of the box, and he plays in the back heel onto I think it was either Chaplin or Davis. Ends up drawing the foul, and you're just thinking they're playing through them. It's it's <laughs> feels a bit dramatic to say kind of Barcelona-style tiki-tacker stuff, especially when we've we've spoken a bit about how things have been at town in the past, but that's really how it felt watching on just the way they were cutting through Blackburn. Uh, second half maybe a slightly different story, but really when you're looking at the positives, and I think after a win it's <laughs> the main focus, isn't it? It was just so exciting, so much fun, and I really needed a, a strong drink after that.
0: <laughs> What's your go-to drink, AJ? Just out of interest. We don't know this about you yet.
2: What, if we're going something stronger than a pint? I'd probably well, for...
0: whatever you want. If you, if oh, you, yeah. you, you have your drink, <laughs> what are you having?
2: Um, after a game like that, I think something like a vodka Coke is quite nice. Just nice. To, just to settle take, down. Take Especially, off. I mean, the journey back I had, everyone else, I think Stu got back in about like 20, 30 minutes. Uh, Ross can practically walk home. It took me two and a half hours of, because uh, it was, um, no, it would have been more than that, three and a half hours to get back because we had two hours of standstill traffic on the A14,
0: um,
2: which was just fantastic getting home at gone 10 o'clock in the evening for a three o'clock kickoff, which...
0: You want to move really to Suffolk, but that's what you want to do. You want to get yourself a nice place in Suffolk.
2: Yeah, for those who aren't aware, Mark is really, really keen for me to move to Berry. <laughs> that's, that's the jewel the, in, he wants. the
0: jewel in Suffolk's crown,
2: mm.
0: the cathedral I, town.
2: I do like it, and they do have some good restaurants, as we we hit on. They that's, do indeed. That's that's the interesting bit, yeah.
0: Watto, you've seen about a billion games in your time covering town. Where does this one sit? Four three thriller, Portman Road. Whoosh.
1: Ah, uh, crikey! Where does that sit in amongst? It's probably more like. We tried to work it out in the car the other day, didn't I? And probably six, seven hundred games or something like mm. that. that. Was. More akin to a basketball match, that was. I don't think it's any exaggeration. Sometimes people throw away these sort of statements. That could have been 10 all. It really could have been something right up there in terms of scoreline. We've seen some crazy scorelines, haven't we? Some seven falls and things, I think. Um, not with Ipswich, but was it Reading-Portsmouth? Mm-hmm. There's been some weird games along the way. That could have been one of those really weird scorelines that we had Um Ipswich deserved to win it, no doubt, because they were the more dangerous over the piece. Blackburn had their little spells, most notably in the second half where where the goals came. But at the time, it felt there was more jeopardy. And you, you always felt, even when Ipswich were dominating, Blackburn, who we heard a lot about in the build-up mm. to the game, they can hurt you. We heard how Tony Mowbray spoke about them um, after Sunderland had beat them and how McKenna and the players had sort of, talked about, they've got threats, they've got created more chances than in, anyone in the league and you could see why um, because they did look dangerous when they came forwards but Ipswich hurt them more than they, they hurt Ipswich and they deserve to win and the great thing was when you go to 3-3 a lot of stadiums in the land would have gone flat, a lot of players would have let their shoulders drop mm. but they just deal with setbacks we keep talking about running towards adversity and They just got right back at it, got the fourth, could have had more from there. I felt quite comfortable. Again, we talk about the game management and not letting it slip again. Um, Just a really fun football match, uh, fraught football match. I think all our nerves were kind of frayed by the end of it. I don't know, for us sort of trying to cover it, it's (laughs) difficult because you feel like you've got your head down and you miss a lot of stuff and we're relying on each other to to fill in the gaps I can imagine as a fan you put, sort of came out of there probably feeling quite quite stressed but elated as well you went through the whole whole range of emotions and I think Kieran McKenna and his staff's reaction at the full-time whistle kind of sum that up
0: yeah we've got uh, we've got sorry sorry do you want to say something
1: I was going to
2: say I think that this is one of those results especially where going into it maybe from an outside perspective you don't appreciate it as much when you look at Blackburn's form in terms of the fact it's been very win-loss, win-loss. They've had quite a... I think they had a heavy defeat along the way there as well. And I think it's probably one that will, over time, iron out a bit. And I think we've seen that maybe with Cardiff. Um, I put this on Twitter, I think, yesterday, where they've now won, I think it's five of their six last games. The only one where they drop dropped points is the defeat against Ipswich. And I think it's one of those where when the results start to iron themselves out and the league becomes a little bit less kind of frenetic that's where you're going to look back on it and say wow this blackburn team were actually really really good and you can see that from the stats and i think that is going to translate onto the pitch we have seen it with cardiff and i think that's when when you start to reflect on these games which you don't really have much time to do but in the coming weeks and months you're going to look back on these kind of wins and think wow this really was something special
1: Mm. Same with Sunderland as well, like winning there on the mm. opening day. They're going along quite nicely up in the top six at the moment. That was a big result. Um, Cardiff, as you say, have been getting wins lately to come from 2-0 down and, and beat them. I think this Blackburn one, as you say, will will age pretty well. They've, they're a team that have finished just outside the playoffs two years in a row and look like they'll be a competitive team again based on what we've seen. So it's not like we're sitting here saying Ipswich have played seven of eight, but they haven't really played anyone yet. Um they have and they're still finding ways to win games
0: and they're different ways to win games too which is a beautiful segue into you talking to mckenna after the game so we've seen them win swashbuckling um, attacking thrilling games at home they've also won solid backs against the wall stable organized one nils away and you ask kieran which you prefer post game let's have a listen to him now preference
1: those pretty one nil wins that we've seen
3: Recently, or these these thrilling three-two-four-three matches that we've had as well. It's nice to have both. I think. Look, we 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 said we were going to attack the season. So if if you're going to have that as your mindset, you're not going to have eight one nils in a row. Um, but the is that, that we've shown that we can do both. We know we can score goals, create chances. We're doing that every game in different ways through you know the bravery of our player, building through the pitch, playing through the pitch, crossing, connecting through the lines, counter-attacking, set players. We're showing that we can create a lot of chances and we've shown that we can keep clean sheets and defend really well and defend with discipline and um, organisation. Of course, you want to have the best of both in every game, um, but we're not going to win 4-0 every game. Um, so, uh, yeah, we're going to have to find different ways to win games. We're going to have to you know, show different attributes, different strings to our bow. The challenges are are much more difficult and much more varied than last season. And uh, we've got to keep showing the capacity to adapt and um, find different ways to perform and find different ways to win.
0: Is that going to be the pattern then, do you reckon, Stu? We're going to have these kind of swashbuckling, um, heavy artillery, blow for blow. Let's let's fight, baby, at home. And then these kind of more stable... uh, organised, sensible displays on the road. That seems to be the case so far.
1: Maybe, yeah. we had 1-0 wins at QPR Mm. Wednesday and Southampton. Those games could have had more goals in them, to be fair. It's not like... I don't think Ipswich have drastically changed what they do. Southampton, as we sort of reflected after that one, was the first time that I've seen them kind of operate a bit more of a, a deep block and and sort of be that organized team on the road it's just horses for courses i just think as we keep saying kieran mckenna analyzes every team he comes up with bespoke game plans for each of them um but ultimately when they're at home in front of that capacity crowd they're ready to to chuck the gloves down and and trade blows as and um it's great to watch and everyone's really on board with it and they just trust themselves to be able to outscore the opposition. I've seen people talking about sort of Kevin Keegan, Newcastle <laughs> of the 90s, had that sort of mentality. Joe Royal at Ipswich, obviously, in, in the early noughties as well. Um, there's just such a buzz going to every game. Every home game feels like such an occasion mm. now. Um, so it's it's great and um, yeah, long may it continue.
0: Yeah, but there were so many great pitches around the game on Saturday um, that I thought I'd, I'd flash a few up now as uh points of debate points of uh, to kind of ignite conversation um so a lot of these are from steve wall i've got one from rossi as well um but let's kick off with this one aj i love this picture this is for those of you not watching just listening this is harry clark after he scored grabbing the badge on his uh, ipswich town shirt and thrusting it forward looking incredibly proud there's an ipswich town flag in the background it's a it's a brilliant picture. What a goal he scored, AJ, and what a moment for a young man who's been a lifelong Ipswich Town fan.
2: Yeah, get the badge in. Um, that's a, <laughs> a lovely celebration. I think it was just a brilliant moment. It was the way he struck it. Um, I actually thought it kind of got cleared out to him and he hit it. I think Chapman has a shot then that he kind of turns and, and it gets blocked, but it comes out and the way it curls, I think I said this to Stu at the time, it was a really strange shot where you expect it kind of just to rifle straight up but he almost Hmm. does this kind of Roberto Carlos-esque curve and it ends up flying into the top corner where the goalkeeper has absolutely no chance of getting on it. Um, I think there was an expectation again that if, when that goal was going to come, rather, it was going to be something like that. I felt like he had it in his locker a bit. I feel like maybe when he came back from injury, that attacking threat wasn't necessarily there. He really needed to find his feet a little bit more and he felt, like a defender who felt more comfortable sitting a little bit deeper. And even then I feel like in some of the games he was getting exposed a bit. And as he found his feet after that knock, you could see he's just grown more and more confident there. Mm. This one comes from a set piece, but the strikes so good. And it came after such a really open start as well, right at the beginning of the game, the noise, the celebration, really nice moment.
0: Yeah. What did you make of it, Stu? Because when you add in all the... Roy of the Rovers stuff, the background to it, you know, he's he's being a an Ipswich Town fan, coming home, having left, uh, and he's come back, and then he scores. That picture is is brilliant. <laughs> like you couldn't you couldn't ask for more. The flag in the background makes it. You can see packed uh, crowd as well. What a moment!
1: Yeah, for for Ipswich to be doing this with not one but two proper homegrown hometown Ipswich boys in Mm. Harry Clark and Luke Wolfenden makes it all the more special it's going to add some more spice when the derby comes around as well um we've been joking with with Harry for a while really from you know pretty much from his first few weeks on that he fancies a goal and one's coming and when it does come it's going to come in spectacular fashion um Andy and I always sort of used to joke about the amount of times he'd he'd be itching to hit one of these thunderous shots from outside the box. And mm. there was a few big blocks that sort of denied him last season. Um, so I'm glad it came in that manner. Uh, he's always said, I don't know what I'll do in terms of a celebration. I'll just let the moment sort of take hold of me. And you could just see that the way he kind of, I just think it was so relatable just to see him yeah. completely lose his mind for a few split seconds. He couldn't believe what he'd done. Sort of hands in the air, wheeling one way and the other sort of wide eyed, wondrous moment eventually sort of settled and did the the Marcus Rashford celebration which uh, I believe Rashford sort of shared himself which we're talking Mm. about extra exposure and eyes on Ipswich all adds to that but um, yeah a lovely lovely moment for for Harry Clark. one that thankfully isn't diminished by him putting one in his own net at the other end Um, yeah fantastic
0: yeah I mean that's something we all want to do isn't it that he's living the dream of hundreds of thousands of football fans who would dream of scoring for their hometown club uh, and obviously only a very 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 small percentage of people ever get that chance um so good for harry i want to talk about the blackburn goals later on separately um and i haven't got i haven't maybe stupidly i haven't got broadhead and her celebration pictures to show you but I, another couple of fantastic goals aj um broadhead is just class isn't he and mm-hmm. and obviously with the Hearst goal Cameron Burgess, what a ball. I mean, that's got to be up there. With some of the best passes mm-hmm. we've, we've, certainly in recent history, we've seen at Portman Road to come from a, a hefty centre-back playing that ball. Unbelievable. I think someone on Twitter said
2: uh, Kevin Burgess, The pointer the <laughs> twist on it. Yeah. That was um, a really lovely one. I saw it fly forward and at the time, again, I think, as Stu mentioned, it was one of those where you're typing and you look up, and you maybe don't quite catch it all the way. And I was like, what a ball! Who's pinged that? I was thinking, oh, it's a Massimo Luongo pass. He's got mm. that in his locker. Um, and obviously, it gets tucked away. And you're thinking, brilliant. You can go and do loads of bits on that. And I, I asked him, he said, it's Cameron Bird? <laughs> I, I didn't really think that was the kind of centre-back that he was necessarily. And I, I didn't always necessarily think that it's the kind of style that... Um, town would go for because every time that you have the criticism that there is, and it's not always an effective way of playing is it's quite a long ball style, obviously. Uh, and not really one that the town have kind of gone with in recent games. And you could tell that with this one, I think they could maybe sense a bit of nerviness in the back line. When those balls got played over, you could see that Hurst was really anticipating the bounce a lot. And he was just waiting for the run to come through where he could score. This one really did come from perfectly. Blackburn playing quite a high line because they're an attacking team. Uh, really nice finish from him. But one of those where you look at the guys, it was brilliant for him um, to score against his former lone club, as he kind of touched upon and kind of goes over to the away ends and has a nice little celebration there. But really, when you look back on it, you're thinking that ball, that pass, the way it just, it's a move that comes from seemingly nothing. A town team that is usually quite slow and methodical in their process where they'll play out from the back. They'll make sure that they're very careful. They'll wait for the space to open up. No, this is town not waiting. They're just going to go straight through. Not something that maybe we've seen too much and it worked so well here.
1: It's a big theme in the th- first half, wasn't it? They were they were mm. quite direct, but not direct in a kind of aimless way. Um, that Burgess ball was, a, like you say, a beautifully flighted, um pass rather than a than a hook over the top. And um that's where they they kept hurting Blackburn with that. There was multiple Sam Morsey played a an equally delicious pass over the top for Chaplin who uh, controlled it in his stride and the keeper came out and blocked at his feet for that one. Um multiple times Clark was clipping little balls over the top and that that was Ipswich's big weapon in, in that first half. We talked about some of the really nice passages of play. Alex has mentioned the one with the with the back hill and from Luongo and that's when they were really purring, but they mixed it up really nicely. And um you touched upon it in the last pod and we talked about differing styles home and away. Um, the sort of chameleon nature of Ipswich they mm. seem to be able to to play different ways um and hurt teams.
0: And someone who's always going to hurt teams talk to me about Nathan Broadhead because obviously he scores. He could have had a hat trick really in this game, couldn't he? But the goal he did score I think he made it look a lot easier than it was, given what he had to do, and it and obviously there was pressure on it in terms of the position on the pitch and the goalkeeper racing back. What what did you make of that one, Stuart, and, and his performance as a whole?
1: Yeah, he sure loves playing at Portman Road, doesn't he? I yeah. think, um Fast majority of his goals now. I Can't remember where he's at. I think he's hit about twelve goals for Ipswich, and I think. Mm. Nine of them, I think, have come at Portland Road. Right? I think it was nine going there? into
2: ten going into the weekend. Mm, Sorry, okay. nine going into the weekend, so ten now. Yeah.
1: But vast majority of his goals have come at home. Likewise his assist as well. I don't know what it is. Um, but he seems to to rise to the occasion in front of those home fans and um he can strike a ball, can't he? it's um the the still image of him hitting that ball, he's got that same sort of um Aggression on his face as he hits it. He's hitting that with violence um, <laughs> when he puts his foot through it. Um, likewise to the one that he smashed high into the net against. Cardiff? Game was, what was the game where he talked about the free kick, the frustration? Was it Cardiff? Cardiff one, yeah. yeah. Took a bit of frustration of the kind of bodged free kick out when he scored. And it was similar if you look at uh, this one. Um, yeah, does well to sort of take it on his chest, lets it bounce twice. He's, he's very... Um, he doesn't snatch at things. He kind of, he, he's quite happy to let it run across. He's happy to do a little shimmy and, and wait for that little half yard of space to open up. And then, um, yeah, he can strike a ball and, uh, and he certainly struck that one.
4: Mm,
0: right. So town three, one up at time. Let's talk about the Blackburn goals before we finish with the big finish from Luongo AJ. Blackburn goals. Uh, what do you make of those? Because mm. uh, we're not used to seeing town concede a lot of goals generally. Uh, and obviously mm. they've conceded three goals at home here. Can you apportion any, any concern, blame, fault? The first the first goal, Sigurdsson, um, looked like there's a bit of a freezing in, in the town back line there. Um, I'm not sure about the the, the the other two. I'm not sure you can really point fingers at anyone there.
2: Yeah, I think static was the best way I could put it. Yeah. It just looked like they totally switched off, and it will happen in these kind of games as well. Um, really felt like it came from nothing. I think it was a 1-2 that Sigurdsson played with Travis off the top of my head. It plays him in so easily. I think it was Clark who ends up getting caught in the middle, so it looks really bad on him, but I don't think he's helped by the fact that he's left totally on his own in that position. You have uh, Burton Ball from the next to pretty much just watching on, and it's really the easiest finish that you'll get. Um, not one that I'd point kind of individual fingers at it. It does look bad for Clark, but harsh to kind of look at him there um the change at half time was really what in my eyes changed the game because they ended up bringing tickets off the goal scorer and they brought on tyree stolen who is a really exciting young fast winger and you could just tell that tam were a little bit cautious when he came on they, they didn't really look as comfortable defending against someone who had that real dynamic pace and energy about him um He was the one who pretty much really changed the game from my perspective. And I think that, yeah, obviously you have the the Clark home goal where, again, he doesn't really know much about it. It's really harsh to go and criticise him for that one. Um, And then the Smodics one where, again, maybe a bit of a collective error where they're just playing really high up. It's a real high line. Um, I think it was Williams who ends up kind of getting spun a little bit for that goal. Uh, and it's a, a nice turn and a really good finish from him, but it's the, the space they're leaving behind. That's the risk that you have when you're playing against sides that are really fast, are really good at exploiting space. If you're going to go and you're going to search for, for more goals in terms of making sure you can go kill off a game, which is always going to be Kieran McKenna's philosophy and approach to mm. these kind of games the risk that you then have in playing that high line, as we've seen Southampton do, for example, loads of times against Leicester, for example, when they just got torn to pieces, is that you're just one move away from being totally exposed. So about finding that middle ground a little bit there. Hard to maybe point individual fingers, but bits that kind of when McKenna will look back on it, he'll say this is really where we need to be collectively uh, a lot stronger at the back.
1: I think Mm. for me, a lot of the issues stem down the left-hand side, which in this game and i think probably a big part of that is leaf davis wasn't 100 percent. i was hmm. um, staggered to see him start this game having seen him, the way he limped off one week earlier at sheffield wednesday unable to put any weight on that foot we're thinking it was a kind of months rather than weeks situation um never thought i'd see him be starting the following weekend uh he got through it okay but he wasn't his usual kind of um Tireless up and down performance from Leaf Davis. And I think coupled with Nathan Broadhead, I know I praised his kind of off the ball work the other week, having improved that. That's still not, you know, his forte. And he was back to, he was hurting them going forwards, but maybe didn't have that same kind of um, work ethic in front of, of a left back who wasn't quite 100%. Those two things combined, I thought, made it switch a little bit vulnerable down that side in this match more, more than usual um, played its part. Mm.
0: And somewhere in there as well, Steve, I can't remember exactly where in the, in the order of goals it sits, but uh, Václav hadke makes an unbelievable save from Harry Leonard. I mean, that is, <laughs> that's one of those top draw world-class saves.
1: Yeah, that was at three, three, two. Um, that's probably, I mean, Vaz did not have his, we've been waxing lyrical lyrical about how good he's been with the ball at his mm. feet and how he's an upgrade on, Christian Walton in that respect, it's risk versus reward, and uh, there was some heart and mouth moments from from him, particularly in that first half. I mean, as early as the second minute, he gave the ball away, and and Leonard tried to go round him, looking for a penalty, didn't happen. There was what another one where he gave it away and just about rectified it, saving it at someone's feet. But um, yeah, it was early in that that second half, Ipswich had had failed to get a killer goal either side of half time. Um, to put a bit of daylight, Broadhead had hit the post with another really good shot. Broadhead had um, probably should have taken one just after the restart. And then then Blackburn sort of came back at Ipswich, And um, Clagkey has come up with a, a couple of big saves. That being the biggest of them, a, a full stretch dive to his right.
0: Mm, fantastic stuff. Right. So we've got all the way up to 3-3. Before we get to the crescendo, the denouement, the climax of the game and Massimo Longo's time to shine, let's hear from George Hurst, because you spoke to him after the game, AJ. George, not been involved in too
2: many 4-3 games before I'm
4: assuming? No, not too many. That was uh, an interesting one. It was one that I think we deserve to come out on the right side of the result for sure. you know, we sort of knew it was going to be that kind of game with the way that they play. I sort of tried to give as much knowledge as possible, You know, knowing them probably a little bit better than, than most of the other boys. But we knew it was going to be a tough game. We knew they were going to come out as with everything they'd got, and, and they did that. But yeah, I think we, we deserve to be on the right side of it. I think you scored both your goals since we
2: last spoke to you, a couple of frustrating minutes as well. How do you kind of assess the start of the season for
4: yourself? Yeah, I think I'd like to be on a couple more goals, probably two or three, even four more goals than I'm, I'm currently on. But... You know, I had I had a couple of little injuries that kept me out for three weeks. You know, obviously I, I tried it in the Cardiff game and, and it didn't quite go to plan. Um but yeah, I'm still still trying to get to my, my top level of fitness, which which I'll, I'll not be too long before I'm before I'm there. And and I said in the media yesterday, you know, um I feel like once I get there it's it's only a matter of time before the goals start start going in. I think I think I'm probably owed a couple. I think there's a couple of penalties that I I, I feel like I should have that I haven't had. But um, tends to be the case when when I'm the one that's going to be taking them. It's, if it was someone else, I'm sure they'd have been given. Um, so yeah, for me, it's just keep working hard day in day out. And yeah, if we keep winning games, then then normally whether I score or not is uh, is, is not the main thing.
0: First takeaway from that is I love George Hurst's accent, lovely accent. Uh, obviously in in good uh, in good mood after the game, AJ.
2: Yeah, I think that. It's difficult to maybe make assumptions based on the interviews, but I think that there was probably a, a very sweet feeling scoring against Blackburn where he didn't really get the chances that he wanted. He spoke about the fact that when he did play, he didn't feel like he was doing well enough. And then in training, when he felt that things were going well and he deserved to, to be playing, he wasn't getting the chances. So it felt like maybe a bit of a, uh, a two-way thing where in the end, it was just the absolute worst move for, for all parties. And I think that there was a nice feeling to go there and, and score that goal and then go and celebrate in front of the fans where he has had a lot of criticism as well. I think that if you look on social media, when he went and, and joined town on loan, I think it was mainly Blackburn fans who were saying, wow, I hope that he's better with the, uh, with you guys. And he was with us. So I think it was a really nice one for him. Um, on a personal level, I, I can definitely see that frustration in terms of a, with the penalties where, he probably could have easily had one or two. Uh, thinking back to, I think the main one off the top of my head been the Sunderland one at two uh, one, where he gets brought down with that kind of karate kick. Really deserved mm-hmm. to have that. Um, also, in terms of the the goals that he wants to score more, I think the fact that he's kind of looking at himself in frustration is is quite a big thing because I don't necessarily really think it's him. I think it's the fact that he hasn't necessarily always had the chances created for him it feels like a lot of Towns threat in the final third comes from out wide comes from Connor Chaplin and actually setting up chances for him in the middle hasn't always been the thing that they've gone to do so the fact that he is still being a threat while not always having a huge amount of kind of chance creation there yes there have been a few bad misses and, and ones that he smacked straight to the keeper but real positive signs from him And if Town can now start to really put more things on plates for him going into these games, I think that he will absolutely start to uh, notch a few more in the next few weeks.
0: Mm. And Someone else obviously notched on Saturday. The match winner, Mass, Massimo Wongo, pops up with a belting goal, Stewie. Uh, And I've got a couple of pictures I want to bring up here. This first one, as someone pointed out to me on Twitter, kind of shows exactly in a picture. They say a picture can say a thousand words how far we've come because here it is. It's Massimo Luongo celebrating a goal in front of a packed Portman road as they go second in the table, seven wins out of eight. Happy days. (laughs) What a moment.
1: Yeah. Incredible moment. And for him to produce that sort of technique, under that level of pressure uh goalkeeper comes and and punches the ball away really good work from amari hutchinson who made a big difference off the bench in this one he was a real live wire whereas um perhaps not his most dynamic best which is understandable tight hamstrings a lot of work had gone into to wednesday and southampton from from all of the team but him in particular and then amari comes on and uh yeah, was a was a real live wire. He he did well to sort of clip in the cross, punched away, and that takes a little while to drop out the sky. It's one of those you could kind of see unfolding in front of you. So for him to produce that technique to chest the ball down and um, and just get a nice clean strike on the on the volley into the uh, into the top corner was was quite something.
0: I've just checked; it was a, <clears throat> a guy on on Twitter called Reverend Make Love, which I suspect is not his real name. Um, made that point to me but uh, just to give you a name check reverend if that is indeed your your real name Uh, and this is the other picture because massimo celebrated and he literally ran right in front of rossi right in front of him which is quite unusual and he was rossi was on all the highlights furiously taking pictures there's the classic arms outstretched which spawned the uh the front of the verdict today are you not entertained um header what did you make of it all aj this is just after, Stu, asked if you were OK.
2: Yeah, I think it, it might have been about 10 minutes between the two bits there. I, I feel like I've likened a lot of kind of goals to big moments here. I've gone with uh, Clark and Roberto Carlos. This one, as I mentioned to Stu during the game, was one where I don't know if you remember Iniesta's strike in the Champions League against Chelsea, where he takes it down on the edge of the area and really rifles it in. I think it almost comes in off the post. It felt very similar to that. The technique on it, the way that he only has a, a split second to kind of compose himself and then manages to get the power on it as well, the power of the placement and just put it in, a, again, an unsavable position. So, so good. Um, not really what you'd necessarily expect from Massimo Luongo, I don't think. I think that was kind of the point that George Hurst was making after the game, saying he doesn't necessarily score too many, but when he does, they, they come like that. Um, I don't think you can complain too much if he's going to start sticking yeah. him in the back of the net in those circumstances, in that style.
1: He was a fitting match winner. Uh, and they announced him as the, the man of the match towards the end of the game. Um, a few candidates, again, were talking about being blase about Sam Morsi just being superb in everything he does but I I think Massimo deserves it for the the goal capped uh, an immense performance all round from him there were times where Blackburn sort of played played through the middle a couple of missed tackles here and there but in general those those two were outstanding in in the middle and uh, I think I think Massimo was the pick of the bunch
0: yeah and I know Massimo was after some of our pitches actually because I saw the uh, the back and forth on our Kings of Anglia Instagram he's a hitting the DMs, asking for pictures. And I think Rossi gave him a small discount, only charging 500 quid a picture, which was uh, (laughs) very good value indeed. Final picture, Stewie, I want you to talk us through this one. I love pictures like this. I love pictures where there's so much going on. And this is the the scene at full time. The whistle's just gone. (laughs) You can see McKenna exhaling deeply, his his cheeks all puffed out, everyone else on the bench up in celebration. Uh, A great another great win and obviously McKenna showing there that uh, although he's the Iceman, he can also feel relief.
1: Yeah, we all, we all felt like we'd been put through the ringer. Can you imagine what it's like being the manager when, uh, you know, you've put all those preparations into it and and it's, which deserved to win. It would have been absolutely gutted if they'd have played like that and got in the position they had and not won, but they did. And that that picture kind of sums that up. Rene Gilmartin, Lee Grant, Martin Pert. Up, hands in the air, but it's Kieran McKenna just spinning around, cheeks puffed out, uh, complete relief. I think there's a moment captured um, seconds later where the four of them have a nice nice big hug together. Um, That just sums up the the unity internally, the the bond between the fans and this team, which is such a relatable team as well, isn't it? Everything about this team, we talk about Clark and Wolfenden being homegrown, but just... I've not known a connection like this between the team and, and the fan base for, for so long. And um, you talk about Ma- Massimo and George Hurst there. I bet there's a few championship clubs kicking themselves at mm. some of these these players. I mean, Luongo and Morsi, th- mm. thank you very much, Middlesbrough. Those yeah. are two players that they they deemed surplus to requirements. Leif Davis, I'm sure Leeds are looking at that, thinking mm, we shouldn't have let him go. You can go through them all. George Hurst, there was an opportunity for Blackburn um, got him with a with an option to buy last season, didn't use him properly, and, and now look at him, you could go through quite a few of them.
0: Mm. Right then. An epic game, an epic win. Let's draw a line underneath it. AJ, any any closing statements? Any behind-the-scenes stuff you want to talk about?
2: Not much in the way of behind-the-scenes stuff. Um I just not not too many like that, please. I, I know that there's a lot <laughs> of excitement around it and <laughs> You know, it's it's great fun to watch. It's, it's great as a fan. It's even great for the journalists to watch games like this. But when you're in a position like I am, like Stuart, where, where you're trying to balance a lot of things at once and watch the game, a little bit hectic. Let's um, maybe hopefully temper it down a little bit. It, maybe the Huddersfield game I wouldn't expect necessarily to be uh, as kind of a 4-3 thriller uh, away from home on Saturday.
0: Uh, you never know new new uh, new manager oh. bounce all that kind of stuff <laughs> mm. uh Stewie, any any final thoughts before we move on to something very different?
1: uh no, I don't think so. It's just um let the good times keep rolling. we keep kind of pinching ourselves and and wondering when this when this runs out of steam, but um, mm. these are good times.
0: I was speaking to a friend yesterday who's a town fan he was saying i hope the, I hope the players are enjoying it I hope they're able to kind of enjoy being in this at the moment because it's so rare isn't it to be in this sort of team on this sort of run coming off the back of promotion in many ways the hottest team in the country certainly in terms of form and in terms of national narrative now starting to move towards interest in Ipswich town and kieran mccann it's very 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 exciting and not something Stewie, as you made the point, that, that's been the case, AJ, <laughs>
1: for, for a long, mm. long time. I think they will be um, mindful of that because I think mm. Kieran McKenna is quite good at reminding them. What I like about him is in amongst all of the rhetoric of keep our feet on the floor, one game at a time, humble, all of saying all the right things that managers should say. I also like the fact that he he always says after these results, we do have to enjoy this. We have to enjoy the moment. We have to soak it in while we can. Because these games come thick and fast and you have to, you have to enjoy it. Uh, these are the times, the time of their lives, these players, mm-hmm. you know, they'll look back on this as, as older men and realise that we were in the, I was in the prime of my, my youth. I was fit as a fiddle. You know, I was with some of like bonds with some of these guys that will be their best mates forever, lauded by 30,000 crowds. Don't, don't take this for granted. Don't, you know, don't just kind of keep being sort of robotic onto the next ones. Do that, of course, keep winning, but but soak it in as well. Realise how special this is because um, it's quite rare. What Ipswich have got going on at the moment. Live in the moment, and AJ, it's not always
0: going to be like this. Well, hopefully, it will be. Who knows? Mm. Town will win the Premier League maybe next season. That'd be <laughs> uh, quite the uh, quite the arrival from yourself. I
2: yeah, I hadn't mentioned that I'd come in and become Town's lucky charm on Saturday, and I
0: thought it was maybe pushing it
2: a
1: little bit given the fact that
2: they've gone on one promotion with 98 points
1: the previous I season. I think if we'd assigned you in January then yeah. uh, it, it would have been the league it. title. <laughs>
0: uh, uh. Right then friends, so Ipswich Town another win, 7 wins out of eight, second the table unbelievable stuff. Another milestone however of course I referenced at the start of the pod this is KOA 400. Now I thought what I'd do is a, as, a, as a special way of marking this is go back we get stats for every pod and I thought I'd go back and, and look at our stats um, in terms of listenership around the world. So uh, the way it breaks down on our podcast uh, system is you can see where all the listeners are coming from and even down to which city the listeners are coming from. Um, so, gents, AJ and Stewie, I'd, I'd invite you, first of all, to have a ha- hazard a guess in terms of percentage. How many of the countries in the world listen to KOA? So there are 195 countries in the world. How many of those do you reckon, percentage-wise, tune into this here show?
1: We just need one listen from that country. One one listen from that country. Yeah. Okay.
0: Do you want to hazard a guess, AJ?
2: Oh, you're putting me
1: up first. Um,
2: I'm gonna go 38.
0: Okay, that's higher than I was hoping.
2: (laughs) Oh, good. Okay, I thought that you might have like people. End up just like coming across it and just being like, "Oh, I'll click on that," and then realizing it's like something that they're just liquid gold. Not interested. In. Well, yeah, either that or they're just like, "What is a Nip Switch town?" And <laughs> clicking off. So one or the other. And I was just hoping that maybe, maybe it would be something along. Those, so
1: like, you want it? one hundred ninety-five countries? countries. Yeah. I reckon. I reckon we might have got to twenty of those for people being on holiday and living abroad, something like that. So.
0: The official figure, this is, uh, obviously, I've just picked out one show here, the last show that we did, me and you, Stu. 28% of the world listen to KOA. This I included... mean, that's stretching
1: it. 28% of the world. Shut got... up, Stu. <laughs> Shut up.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, the wasn't... In the way. I wasn't that far. I wasn't <laughs> you weren't that far. Right? No, I was hoping you'd say like 10% or something, because I was quite okay. impressed with 28% of the world listening mm. to KOA, Watson. Just repeat that again. Um, some of the countries involved, Gibraltar macau israel russia kazakhstan montenegro ecuador and malaysia so some of the, that that some of those caught my eye um you want to hazard a guess in terms of top five countries that listen to us so obviously uk's number one what do you reckon is is the next four
1: usa feature
0: yeah that's third what's number what's second do you reckon it's a bloody long way away there's a clue They like their they like their beer and they like their cricket. India. No, Australia. (laughs) Australia. So it goes UK, Australia, USA, Spain, and Ireland are our top five, certainly from this last pod. Uh and I'm particularly interested in, as I say, we can drill down into literally the city that people are listening from. So I'd really like to hear from the, the people in these following cities where we have listeners. Chesapeake, USA. Which I enjoy just for the name. I think. Where's I think that? I think that's in the kind of New York area, the Greater New York area. I want to say, El Calafate, Argentina, Belgrade in Serbia, Doha in Qatar, Tangier in Morocco, Geelong, which is just fun to say, in Australia, and M- Mumbai in India. If you are a listener, well, I know we've got listeners in all those areas. Um, email me, Mark Newsquest.co.uk want to make contact and there's one particular person i want to make contact with for reasons that will be obvious when i say where this person is we have a listener very consistent listener in kiev in the ukraine and i'd love to get in touch with that person so if that's you listening in kiev send me an email or or send me a tweet or x or whatever you call it now because it'd be great to make contact with you um for obvious reasons so yeah wow that's pretty good isn't it boys 20 i'll just say again 28 percent of the world listen to koa that's official we're truly worldwide
1: do you know who I saw on Saturday? Came up to the press box. Daryl Jones. Um, Daryl Jones. Yep. Friend of the show, number one. He was very quick to uh, to tell Alex that. Uh, mm. Quite rightly so. Do you know he, Daryl was obviously based in Florida, has sent us American snacks. He, uh, yeah. he ordered us a Papa John's pizza yeah. uh, one yeah. year and um, he now has a season ticket. He, he lives in this. Florida. He's already
0: been over. He's already been over a few times, has not he? Mm. Flying back and forth. He's obviously doing all right for himself, isn't he, old DJ? It's quite quite some effort that is. Yeah, I, I can't imagine there's a further afield season ticket holder unless there's one in Australia. That'd be great. But as I say, if 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 you are a, a listener in a far flung land, particularly those cities I've mentioned, do get in touch because it would be great to um, get in touch and and have a chat and uh, extend the KOA army, as it were. Um, right then, friends. Let's move on then, shall we? Let's kick on to Tuesday night and the visit of Premier League Wolves tomorrow night. The hits keep on coming, AJ.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Carabao Cup third round, first time Town have been in the third round since 2015, I think it was at Old Trafford, where Mick McCarthy put out uh, a less than a less than peak starting eleven against a very strong Man United side. Mm-hmm. What are you expecting tomorrow then, AJ? Because looking at Wolves so far. I think they're 16th in the Premier League. They've only won one game all season, but clearly a side will be coming to, to Suffolk with aspirations, you'd imagine.
2: Yeah, cautiously confident, to be honest. <laughs> um, and one of the biggest reasons behind that is having looked at how they were over the weekend, or obviously a, a bigger game for them in terms of trying to get the points to make sure they probably avoid a relegation battle in the Premier League. Yet they went to Luton, who I think could yet to even pick up a point. And I think they were pretty lucky to to come away with that. Um, looking at the XG, the shots. Uh, I know that the Luton equaliser did come as a penalty, but looking at how the, the flow of the game went, I think they were pretty lucky to come out with that point. So that will definitely, I think, give Town some confidence. The, the catch being probably the sides in terms of what the rotation is going to look like. Uh, Wolves did quite a bit of rotating in the the Blackpool game in the second round when they came in, but it wasn't also when you look at it, a team that's by any means poor, when you look at Sarabia, who came from PSG, um, Matt Doherty, Max Kilman, who almost ended up going to Napoli in the summer. Some real heavyweights will probably end up coming and featuring in this one as well. Um, and then also thinking about how town wants to approach this in terms of rotation, in terms of the fact that there are a lot of tired legs out there already uh, going into a fairly lengthy trip on Saturday, so quite a hard balance to find in a way and to maybe predict how this one's going to go before you see the teams, at least. But I'd like to think that Town have enough depth there in terms of actual quality depth, at least, where they can go and probably hurt this Wolves team quite a bit based on what we've seen from them so far this season.
0: Mm. What are you expecting from this one, Stu? Because it is a Premier League side coming to Portland Road on the face of it, an exciting, intriguing Challenge, although obviously it's always hard to predict what kind of sides are going to be put out for these games. What what are you expecting? And what, what, what do you think Kieran McKenna will do? Because we've seen him, obviously we've seen the likes of Kieran Slicker and the kind of fringe players play in the, the previous two cup games. Do you think he's going to do the same thing again?
1: Yes, I do. Yeah, I think it will be 10, 11 changes, if I'm honest. And I think that's the right thing to do. The games are coming mm. thick and fast now. Midweek games every week for the foreseeable Um yeah, I think I think it will be lots of changes. Uh, you can start to look at a completely changed eleven of of Slicker, Don Ball at right back, Williams at left back. You're not going to be risking Leif Davis after he came off in stoppage time at the weekend. You could have Taylor and Evans in midfield. You've you've got to try and get somebody up to speed with Sam Morsey now being suspended for the Huddersfield game in, in midfield. Mm. Hutchinson we've we've liked the look of, you imagine he'd start. I think Harness has had a couple of good cameos off the bench. I think he'll start. Uh, Ladapo up front, maybe a Shawnee Luco coming back into it. Um, so centre-halves would be interesting. Edmonton's had a bit of a tough time, not had a, a huge amount of games, and is Axel Twanzevi ready for a, a run-out they've taken? They, they talked about sort of carefully getting him up to speed. Is this a game that they've, they've had in mind for him? So... I don't know, but I think it will be, it will be multiple changes, um, ten ten eleven changes from an Ipswich Town perspective. Meanwhile, you've got Gary O'Neill, who's just coming under a little bit of pressure at, at Wolves after um, mm. not having too many results at the start of the season. But it sounds like they've maybe deserved a little bit more than they've got. They certainly pushed Man United all the way on on the opening day, but he's he's talked about um, being desperate to beat Ipswich, and I think this is a, a this is a game that they need to win more than Ipswich do um, so yeah it's, it's a, a tricky game for Ipswich even if Wolves make a lot of changes they've um, again you're talking about loads of internationals obviously mm. a big Portuguese influence there there at Wolves mm. um, so yeah t- a tough one for Ipswich but one that everyone can kind of just go and enjoy pressure free and, and see see what it throws up
0: is there any, my, We obviously last season we talked when, when they drew Burnley in the FA Cup and it was that chance to kind of test themselves against a, a really, really good championship side. This, in, in theory, on paper, is a, is a chance to kind of test yourself against a Premier League side. And now, given there'll be plenty of changes on either side, but there's still quite a lot of intrigue in that, isn't there, AJ, from a, just purely a, a seeing town host a Premier League side?
2: Yeah, definitely, especially being the home team and, and playing a side that probably aren't you know, a top Premier League team in mm. this case. This is one where, if they want to be a team that can challenge for promotion, they're not going to want to feel a million miles off, and I don't think they will. So, I definitely think it's an interesting comparison, regardless of kind of what what the teams are. Uh, even if these are potentially, if and when Town gets the Premier League players that wouldn't necessarily be featuring at that kind of level, it will be interesting to see what the comparison is, uh, and also. To see how they stack up against as you mentioned internationals on the Wolves team players that have played countless champions league games have played at international level things like this wolves recruitment well even when they were a side that came up from the championship was well above what people kind of expected of a newly promoted team at the time i remember when they signed um ruben nevers in the championship um a player who got Linked to Barcelona for 60 odd million the, the season after. So they're definitely not a team to be sniffed at at the same time. But yeah, it, it's, it feels like there are opportunities to A, really go and learn and benefit from the experience. But also, I do think it is a chance for them to, to
1: go out and, and get a good result, though. Mm. I mean, they, so, they, t- they They beat Blackpool 5-0 in the last round Mm. and they played, for example, someone like Pablo Sarabia, who's been capped 26 times for for Spain, um, came through the Real Madrid youth system. They bought him from PSG. So these are the sort of levels that, you know, Ipswich are wanting to test themselves at against now. I mean, we've talked in similar terms about the type of players Leeds had in their squad, the type of players Southampton have still got in, in their squad as well. And Ipswich have... You mentioned the Burnley games as well. Ipswich have gone toadstone and been competitive in in all of those matches and the bottom line is they don't lose many games of football and going into Mm. a knockout game of football that has to give you a lot of confidence. Uh, Was it two defeats this calendar year? Um, Is that right or certainly from mid-February onwards and that of I think it's this calendar year isn't it and that's Burnley in the 90th minute of a replay. It's three isn't it?
0: Three, three, because they lost to
1: Oxford. Oh, the Oxford game as well, yeah. Oh, yeah. Which so we can discount that because that was absolutely farcical and <laughs> should never have finished. All right, so there's a major asterisk next to that one. Then you've got Burnley, who they took to a replay, 90th minute away from home, for the for a team that was kind of steamrolling their way to the championship title, and then Leeds, and you mm. scored three goals against them, and that was in in a little sweet spot where they had all of their attacking talent. Nonto's is now injured. Sinistero was sold. Not long after that. So, um, yeah, we can talk about what, what Wolves have got and, and how much they want it. But why should there be any fear factor in this Ipswich team at the moment? They really shouldn't. Exactly.
0: Follow all the boys if you're not going. If you are, enjoy the game. There's a couple of other things I want to I want to share just before we finish. Uh, I, again, on a picture tip, um, we got some great pictures from Berry Town this weekend, friends, who had a big win in the tro in the bars or trophy, I can't remember, I should know that really. But one of their stars was a young, on loan goalkeeper called Danny Cullum, who's an Ipswich Town player who saved uh two penalties in a penalty shootout as they won. And we've got a great picture of him here celebrating. Um, this is from Neil Dady, the very town photographer. There he is, young Danny Cullum celebrating, and also just out of interest, I think it's interesting to see Cole in his manager's clobber. Oh, we'll see- and there he oh, is, okay. look. he's got his, his embossed CS uh colescuse berry town manager's gear with Paul Mosgrove his assistant there um I'd love to know how he's how he's finding it he Cole's kind of staring into the middle distance there as if he's trying to solve a complicated maths question in his head. Um but yeah I just want to 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 share those pictures because it's quite good. It's different isn't it see Colescus in a management role. Uh and also boys what did you make of the rest of the championship this weekend? Because there was quite the result in Plymouth wasn't there?
2: chaos. I think across when I was trying to look across the football league, it looked like there were goals raining everywhere. Mm. Um definitely the Plymouth one caught my eye for obvious reasons. But when you look across it, I mean one of the results that really stuck out. I know it's outside of the championship was Wrexham getting absolutely demolished yes. by Stockport, things like that. It seemed like there were a lot of goals. Um probably should focus on the the Plymouth result because I remember giving Stuart Nudge at half-time. It's 4-0. They've just scored a fourth in first-half stoppage time. Um, And for that to finish 6-2 against the Plymouth side, that, you know, good team by all means, and a really good attacking side. But against uh, Norwich, who probably have their injuries, but not many people would have expected maybe even that result, never mind that scoreline. Very, very... Strange, and probably a few other words you could put in there from a town
0: perspective. Did you see Onel Hernandez celebrating in the face of Barley Mumba when Norwich strange five behavior? Five that I've down, weird, very strange. Mm. Uh, and also obviously Leicester City continuing to be like Ipswich town, a bit of a winning metronome beating Bristol City, the old Nigel Pearson derby there.
1: Plymouth, hey, uh, so we've got a week on from. Kind of this weird alliance with Portsmouth, kind of Ipswich posting their picture of of their ex-Portsmouth players celebrating a win against Southampton. It's Portsmouth after every all the history of kind of Checkbook FC and Michael Jacobs and tricks and traps and all, all of the various narratives that went into that. Um who'd have thought it, hey? The two of them together, the old meme, and then um and then and then Plymouth, you know, ding-dong battle with them for the title last year. I think it was Mark Beck um posted this sort of the Alan Partridge. Can I shock you? I like wine. <laughs> I actually like Plymouth after after they kind of pipped Ipswich to the title last season. Um Schumacher rested all of their big guns for a midweek defeat to Bristol City, which I think raised a few eyebrows down mm. down at the Devon Club and then they they spanked Norwich. So um yeah if Carlsberg did weekends.
0: Exactly. Uh,
1: There's a lot of
2: um stuff with the crisis clubs this
1: weekend, because
2: I feel like there's been a lot of them going into kind of the last few, when you look at Sheffield Wednesday, Swansea, Middlesbrough, maybe now Southampton a little bit. When you're mm. looking at Southampton losing at Middlesbrough, which given how they start the season with, with Middlesbrough, you wouldn't expect in a million years. Sheffield Wednesday putting, or well, sorry, conceding three to Swansea, who again, looked like an absolute walking disaster, even from the Cardiff game. Um, You've got to, Yeah, a few others there where you're thinking some of the the fortunes are starting to turn. Others, I mean, really, Sheffield Wednesday, I know we saw them as the worst team in the league, probably, but getting absolutely tonked at Swansea. And maybe others, well, looking at that Leeds game, they're starting to catch fire as well, I think, as we potentially all expected,
1: given the attacking strength they had. Wednesday's an absolute soap opera, isn't it? But (laughs) we talked about this. Earlier in the pod, I looked through the results that Ipswich have got. Even QPR, I didn't mention them. I think we saw that day that they've got a bit more about them than people expected. Southampton, I came away from that thinking, actually, they'll be all right in the long run. I still kind of felt that there'll be a team that's up there and in the mix once Russell Martin's kind of put his his, uh, stamp on things as well. So we can't underestimate these results that Ipswich have got. We really can't.
0: From crisis clubs to a golden goose, I've just seen someone appear in the virtual green room. Oh. Uh, he's looking very, very pleased with himself, and here he is.
5: Good morning, Hello, happy four
0: hundred! What a surprise <laughs> this is! You're wearing your favourite jacket, which is the the golden jacket of the strike. So, what what what's going on, mate?
5: <laughs> I wanted to celebrate four hundred episodes with you boys. From the originals to Young Guns. To Bloody Dryden. Young Guns. Jesus
0: Christ. <laughs> I wish I'd never coined that
5: phrase. Yeah, you should, 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 shouldn't put things <laughs> in my head because I just run with it. I run with it, all right? And That's what the strike was. The strike became a, a thing. Um, and um, that's what I've, I thought I'd bring you, a special strike. As a... How lovely. So, yeah. Should we jump right in? Go on, then. <laughs> Let's do this. Um Oh, yeah. Good, good win on Saturday, by the way. Enjoyed that. Really enjoyed that. Seven goals. Thriller. Love that. Um, so, I thought I'd do four questions on the goal scorers from the weekend. Of course, they're all January signings, weren't they? Massimo Luongo, George Hurst, Nathan Broadhead and Harry Clark. So, uh, AJ, Stu and Heafy going head-to-head. Play at home. Uh, the prize is you just, you're just a king for this week. Um, first question is on Massimo Luongo. What a man. Uh thanks for celebrating next to me and Steve. We, we appreciate that. And uh we all want to know his middle name, don't we boys? What's his middle name? Is it Corey Oscar or Archie? Archie Mas- Corey Oscar.
0: Massimo Archie Loongo, Massimo Corey Loongo, or Massimo Oscar Loongo. Um do we what's the situation? Are we all gonna say it at the same time or
5: yeah. Or, one, you know, yeah, once again, normally it's pen and paper, but because this was last minute, this is a
0: shock. This is a shock. I'm gonna, shall I go I first? Pen and paper, if needs be, but yeah,
1: I, shall I, go I first? think I've got, I think Corey sounds very um, most Aussie out of those options. Don't know why.
0: So, she's saying Corey. What are you saying, AJ? I'm gonna, I'm gonna say just because I like the feel of it, Massimo Oscar Luongo.
2: Um, does that by. Choice forced me into arch I was going to go Oscar, so if I get the chance, say so what watch. you
0: feel, mate. Go with, Oscar, go with
2: Oscar. I'm going Oscar.
5: Fun fact: When I was googling, I was actually googling Australian names or popular Australian names, and these came up. Okay. Um, of course, one of them is the correct answer, and the correct answer is Corey, oh, is who oh, does get the Watson. point. Okay, but um, I wanted to keep the trend to like Australian names, so I just put in. You know, Australian popular names. And the work that's gone into this, bloody hell! Oh yeah, mate. Well, don't, don't muck about with the strike, mate. Got, got to. I know some of the questions can be stupid, but uh, didn't, question two:
1: put Bruce in there as an option.
5: Yeah, true. Well, maybe I, I think modern, modern popular Australian names, not you know, <laughs> 80s, 70s. You know, crocodile.
0: I think he's re- calling you old, way. Watson. Eh? That's already the uh, <laughs> cute way of calling you old, there. Eh? Yeah, I
1: don't, I've clocked it. Don't <laughs> worry. <laughs>
5: No comment, no comment. Uh, question two is on George Hurst. Um, what a ball. I'm sure you already mentioned it on the point mm. about Cameron Burgers' ball. Oh, what a ball. Um, he's Australian. Uh, question two, though, is on George Hurst. Um, now, who set him up for his goal at Sunderland on the opening day? Was it Broadhead, Davis or Burns? This gives a... Well, a this is easy, isn't it?
0: If, you, if you'd watch the game.
5: Yeah. Yeah, True. <laughs> but, yeah, she it wasn't just... there,
0: she wasn't there though, was he? But I bet he's gone back and watched the highlights, knowing how diligent he is. So I'd imagine he knows. We all do we know. Push,
2: now, do put Stu up first, then just yeah, to make
0: sure.
1: So it's Nathan Broadhead,
0: it is, of course, Nathan, Nathan Broadhead. Broadhead. Yeah, there
5: we go. that's fine. You know, I want to keep some of them easy. Uh, and we have so to have some, some points, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And that uh, segues, as you know, I know if you love a segue, seamless, and that segues onto Nathan Broadhead, yes. Um, now. How many goals and assists has Nathan Broadhead got in 30 Town games so far?
0: What so combined a combined total?
5: Yeah, combined total. Yeah. <sighs> so I'm sure you would know maybe the goals. Um, it, most of them have probably been at Portland Road, of course, but yeah, assists as well. You
1: need to write it down. Go for it. Man. Go for it. Are oh, writing?
5: Okay. All right. Oh, it's getting serious now because. Uh, what are we on? Know, Stu's winning two. He's got it's two. 2 1 2 one, one. <clears throat> He's getting serious, though. He's getting serious. Uh, Let's see. All right. Getting a mass together. Plat home as well, of course, ladies and gentlemen. Plat home. Oh, you, you, you want on. an
0: overall total number?
5: Yes. That's the closest right. gets um, gets the point. If you get it bang on, you get
0: double the points, boys. All so, all right. I'm ready. The AJ. Uh, oh, God
2: knows. Okay.
0: Oh, we've gone for the same thing. Steve. <laughs> we've all
1: gone 18. Yeah, 18. Unbelievable scenes. <laughs> wow. I'd written 20 and I, I crossed it out. We've all gone 18. Ooh.
0: I think it's 11 goals, seven assists, something in that region.
5: It's 12 goals, yeah. seven assists. It's oh. 19. 19. So, all of you, one off, but like you all get a point because you've got close. We all get a point. Okay. You'll get a point. Um. Yeah, Yeah, Stu, if if you went 20, you would have still got a point.
3: Uh, Yeah, you would
5: have still got a point. Um, So, there we go. Uh, Question four and the final one. Stu, of course, is winning by Mm 3-2-2. Question four is on Harry Clark. Of course, scored his first town goal, which was great to see. Uh, Now, he scored his first competitive goal while on loan at which club in 2020-2021? Was it Oldham, Rochdale or
0: Tranmere? So...
5: It's against Cheltenham Town. Is in League 2.
2: Oh, we're writing it.
5: again. Okay. A 2-1 win. Just if you, if you care. Just Get the stats the
0: up. To, I don't know the answer to this. Um, so I'm going to have, have to fully guess. A guess, yeah. Stu
5: going to win this. We do have a tiebreaker if needed.
0: Oh, Stu's confident. <laughs> no, no tiebreaker. Well, Watson knows this, obviously. Because again, he's he's a top, top pro, is Watson.
4: Yeah.
0: Hold em. Stu's gone.
5: Oldham for AJ Rochdale for HeePhi. I'm going to shock you. <laughs> <laughs> it is Oldham, so Stu has won. So Stu actually got a point for every answer, pretty much. Oh, what a um, professional! So Stu has won, but as
1: always, I can see how pleased you all are for me. I'm delighted, <laughs> man. Well done.
5: But Stu, are you going to gamble?
1: No. <laughs>
5: <laughs> that's that is the incorrect answer, so we do have a tiebreaker um
0: <laughs> let's do the tiebreaker just for fun Watson yeah. is, is the winner
5: yeah but of course dude, the boys have to get it bang on to take the crown
0: oh,
3: and no.
5: now how many league goals has Kieran McKenna's side scored in seventy seven games so far oh, under his management so league goals only
0: league goals
2: yeah. Didn't most was... of those come in the extra
0: game? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Oh,
5: God. deary me. Uh. I. Yeah. It's. He's over hundred. I don't know. I don't know why. Just giving you. Thanks. Thank you. Yeah. I don't, know. Um... I don't know if you needed that or not. I don't know if that's oh,
0: man. I'm, Okay. Cool. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say this. I've probably gone too high. I've. I've, I've been taken in you know? by what I've seen
2: this season. <laughs>
5: Ready? Yeah, let's do this. 184, 139, 137. Now, it does end in seven, Hefe.
0: Yeah. What's it go in front of it? One. Yeah.
5: Four, seven. Oh, blimey. Hefe was the closest. 147 league goals. 147
0: 77 games. That's that's pretty good, isn't it? It's pretty
5: good. Oh, um not, so yeah bad, he? No, excellent i enjoyed that ross thanks
0: thanks for doing that have you now got to shoot off and do your uh your wolves meet the oppo
5: yeah so that's a nice cameo from me so uh thanks everyone enjoy the <laughs> rest of your your day 400 boys and counting
0: on to peace, out. One. peace out peace out enjoy your video look forward to that you're going to stay with us? Oh, he's not. No, he's, he's, he's gone. gone.
1: Question for you all Which yep. number KOA pod will Ross reveal he has passed his driving theory test?
0: KOA 2000.
1: <laughs> okay. 2000. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'll, has... go,
2: I'll go a bit lower. I'll go something like
5: 1800.
1: Oh, he's back. <laughs>
5: he's, he's
2: back in, in the
1: green room. room. <laughs> has he heard? <laughs>
0: He's doubled down, hasn't he, on the on his, he's he's properly serious now about passing his test. He's he's been take it or leave it so far in the past. What is it, four years? This joke has been running, uh, but now he's he's really serious about it. He's going to get it done. We've shamed him, Stu, into needing to to help you do some driving. <laughs> um, so hopefully, yeah, one day we'll. I mean, let's not forget, he's still got to do his theory test first before he actually gets onto the actual test.
1: Oh yeah, I'm um, just talking about the theory. I'm oh, the theory test. About... Yeah, yeah, that. yeah that's. <laughs> well, I hope this will object... be this will be a a
2: step in the right direction.
0: It will absolutely will be. I'm hoping that'll be KOA four twenty then, Stu. A Couple of week, well, what a month, a few months down the line. What do we do? two of these a week, don't we, roughly? So four twenty, I reckon. Right then, boys, that brings us to the end of KOA four hundred. Which has been an epic show. I hope you've enjoyed it. Listening slash watching at home. Uh, any other business boys?
1: I'm in the doghouse.
0: Oh no, what have you done?
1: I did something I've not done before on Friday night. Shut I up. fell asleep on the train on the way home from a night out, last train home, uh few beers in. Um, Where did you came, end up? I came to as I heard the next stop you're approaching is Dis. I live in Stone Market. Um, I jumped off the train in a panic. I was half an hour from home. It was about half past one in the morning. There are no taxis in rural Suffolk slash Norfolk at that time in the morning. Um, briefly considered whether I could walk it. No, that was foolish. Yeah, uh, that was going to be six hours uh, according to Google Maps. Had to size up where I was going to sleep. Eventually I had to bite the bullet and ring the missus and she had to get little and out of bed. uh, Oh my God. Come, come and get me in the early hours. So, um, yeah. Did you get, Um, did uh,
0: you get, did you get the talk? Yeah. I'd imagine the talk would go something along. uh, You're a father.
1: What what are you thinking?
0: She's been worryingly
1: chill about it. And that's all, that's almost more disconcerting. I think she's just, she's fine. It happens. She's been (laughs) worryingly okay about it. And I just wonder if the, the wrath is still to come. Maybe she's just keeping it in her back pocket for, a, mate, for another is, day. Because that, cause that card what... will be played, let's oh, be honest. Oh, 100%.
0: Yeah. I mean, that is sinister, mate. That's that's a ticking clock you've got now mm. going off, literally. Where would you been? You've been out in that London
1: tan? I had, yeah. Yeah. I had, had a good time. It was worth it. But um, I'm waiting, waiting for the consequences of my actions now. So wish me there, luck. There are many rules
0: in life. And one of those rules is that no one parties harder than a parent without their child. True. All the parents I know, they hit it hard when they finally get rid of the children for a night. AJ, any any news from you?
5: No, not
2: really. Um, I think that also from students, how you made it to Wolves in one piece, not uh, Wolves, to Blackburn and one piece is beyond me. Fair play. Um, he's a top,
0: top pro, mate. He's, he's got experience. He
2: has like a factory reset every morning and then he just... Comes back in, it's absolutely fine. Also, is uh, your month's wages gone on that night out in London? No, I feel it wasn't, like about it,
1: three drinks and it's all gone. No, no, it wasn't um, wasn't too too mad. Actually, I was I was well behaved. I've learnt my lesson that that work and hangovers don't mix, and hangovers get worse the older you get, don't they, Mark? They absolutely um, do. <laughs> so it was just, yeah, it was just the travel that that messed things up.
0: Well, yeah, I'm looking forward for the next few shows to see what kind of horrible revenge that Mrs Watson wreaks <laughs> on you. Have you got any any kind of inklings to you what she might she might break at some point?
1: Uh, no, we'll see. I'll, mm. I'll keep you update, updated. Absolutely.
0: Yet another reason to listen into KOA as well as the old District Town stuff we talk about. Right then, friends, that brings us to the end of KOA 400. I hope you've enjoyed it. Just a reminder, please support our sponsors. Use the code KOA at manscaped.com for 20% off and free delivery on all that excellent club, but they've just extended until the end of the year boys we are clearly amazing at selling ball trimmers ear trimmers and beard trimmers um so do get involved there let us know what you make of the the uh, the stuff you get from landscape because in my experience it's top notch Uh, and also i've worn it for show 400 tony um remember also support our other sponsor ginger pickle if you need help with your your digital advertising your google ranking your seo all that sort of stuff they can help you with and friends also please subscribe hit subscribe wherever you get your your podcast from so it falls directly into your feed you get it first ahead of everyone else um, who has to go looking for it the losers Um, get that straight into your feed it also helps lift us in the uh, in the uh, itunes charts and also helps us in the itunes charts is when you leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Um, so it'd be great if to mark KOA 400, we could have a few new ones of those. That'd be tremendous. Right then friends, that brings us to the end of this particular podcast. Um, Wolves at home tomorrow. Let's see if this ridiculous run that Tanner on can continue. Follow all the boys. If, uh, if you can't be there, if you are going, enjoy the game. Say hello. If you do see the boys wandering around Portland road, like the, uh, the celebs that they are, and we'll speak to you later on in the week. Have a great one. And we'll speak to you next time.
4: Thank you.